Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. The Bank of Canada held rates this week, as they had actually promised to do. And of course, this is the first time they have held rates in 12 months. They have just come off of eight rate increases over that time frame. This is different. This is new. And this may just, in fact, put a sense of stability into the marketplace and get some of those buyers and sellers off the sidelines. We have yet to see. But this also comes on the heels of the first increase in HPI in home prices that we've seen in nine months. Even beyond that, well, guess what? March prices so far, the first eight, nine days of the month, they're also increasing. So it doesn't look like February was a one-off. Prices are higher today than they were just last month. Meanwhile, inventory is still not increasing for the third month of, in a row, creating a very tight environment for the buyers out there. And guess what? Uh, the over-ask and the multiple offer scenarios are coming back, and we're going to dive into that as well. Also, we saw consumer confidence numbers actually tick up last month, also the first time in quite a while. So with all of that, are we setting ourselves up for what might be a pretty hot spring market? Well, we're about to dissect all those numbers for you in this episode. And like I just alluded to, this March 8th announcement actually had a couple of our clients come off the sidelines and say, okay, we're ready to list now because they believe that the buyers are going to come to the market as well. So if you've been considering, Hey, when is the right time to potentially buy or sell? And you thought that that date was important to you as well. Well, give us a call. Our contact information is below and we can talk about this scenario and if it's right for you. So big thing today, right off the top, what we're going to talk about first and foremost is the bank of Canada. So, no move for the first time in 12 months after 425 basis point hike, the highest in recent, in recent history. So does that mean stability? Does that as a buyer on the sidelines make you think, hey, they said they're basically going to hold for the rest of the year. I know where my mortgage payments are going to be for at least the rest of the year. And hey, some markets are even pricing in reductions by at least Q1 of 2024. So is that going to be the type of environment people want? Maybe. But what's more, and this was this one actually really surprised me from their press release, was that Tiff Macklem stated that they expect to get down to the 3% inflation rate by the middle of this year. Now, that those kind of dates have not been discussed at, as aggressively as this. Now, okay, let's, let's extrapolate that a bit. Ever since inflation peaked, it has never dropped more than 0.7% month over month. And yet all of a sudden in the next four months, it's going to average seven and a quarter percent to hit that 3% or below 3% within the next four months. I'm not quite sure. Maybe they've got some data that we don't. Hopefully they do. Either way, that sounds like a very aggressive target. But again, if that were to happen, it will dramatically change the landscape. And of course, we're going to see mortgage rates peel off even further, further stimulating the marketplace. Ryan, what's your take on it? Yeah. You know, I, I, I think it's interesting. <clears throat> uh, I think uh, again, always and always watching that uh, five-year Canadian government bond um, is a very good indicator. I think of where five-year fixed mortgage rates are headed, and you know those 
particular rates follow the interest rates. And if interest rates are continuing now to bring down inflation at the rate that the bank believes it's, it's happening, then, uh, you know, assuming that that takes place, it will begin to unleash the buyers that are all sitting on the sidelines waiting to go. Um, you know, our biggest problem right now, more, more than interest rates is affordability, right? So as those rates come down, uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen this year, but as inflation comes down, that, that brings, puts pressure on the bank now to, to bring the, the affordability factor back. Uh, and I, and I think that that could happen, but probably not until 2024. Cause I think the bank is going to stay a little bit stickier this time round than dropping rates as aggressively as they have in the past. With that being said, though, um, I think it's also important to take a look at GDP because GDP is probably a large reason as to why the Bank of Canada continues to or, or continue to hold rates and is even saying, hey, listen, you know, we're going to hold at least uh, for the foreseeable future. And that was because uh, GDP um, it grew at 0.0% in the last quarter of 2022. Uh, that was well below expectations of 1.6%. And so when you look at that, um, you know, Tiff Macklem, he stated he his plan was to take steam out of the economy. And that's exactly what's taking place right now. So should this continue to trend <clears throat> into um, Q1 of 2023? I still think, you know, uh, a recession is is likely. It's m- more likely to happen. Um, but again, that's latent data, right? And we won't know that until we're in it. So we likely wouldn't know if we're in a recession until Q3 of this year. Uh, again, most of this data is latent, right? So I would even argue, Dan, that in some ways we may be on the precipice of that now. It's possible. And of course, what's happening with, with people and their spending behaviors is since rates are so high and a lot of people have higher mortgage payments, for example, or companies have higher payments, obviously they're pulling back on their discretionary spending. And, and what's happening when this environment is created, people feel a little bit more protectionist. And so they are saving more. And we actually saw the household savings rate increase last month. It ticked up to a 6% rate up from a 5% rate. Now, interestingly, outside of all the free money from the pandemic era, where obviously savings rates shot through the sky because people couldn't spend on anything, but they were getting all these mailbox checks from the government, the 6% is the highest household savings rate dating back to the year 2000. Wow. So that's actually quite high. So people are saving their money right now for this rainy day that could be that recession that you just discussed. So... That is obviously, if people are spending less, that's also going to slow down our potential GDP here. And, and people uh, maybe putting themselves into a bit of a recessionary platform, but we will see because if rates start to peel off, of course, they're going to be more enticed to buy and kind of keep things a little bit flatter or even trend upwards, possibly by the end of the year. But let's uh, let's keep it very local and localized to today. Yeah, I mean, if, if household saving rates are ticking up, then that means people are anticipating something coming. I mean, I've read articles in the last couple of weeks here where we've seen, you know, the five major banks move something to the tune of two and a half billion dollars aside for uh, what they believe is going to be a recession at some point. So uh, there's a lot of this money that is going to the side. And, you know, it's really interesting when you when you look at marketplaces and markets typically take the path of most pain and 
it's funny, everyone might may anticipate this recession coming and then all of a sudden it doesn't materialize, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, I still think we're going to see one. I think there's a lot of indicators pointing that way. Um, mostly that I, I also believe the U.S. will continue to overcorrect and that will continue to put um, <clears throat> an interesting spin on things in the year to come. Looking at the rental market, though, uh, we had strong population growth in the last year, and tight inventory and housing affordability remains um, a priority here. So the demand for rentals is very, very high. Um, as a result, Canada's vacancy rate has fallen to the lowest in 22 years, and BC has been tight for decades. But now this, again, is a national issue. So what can be done? We need supply is is definitely <laughs> going to be a big part of this. Um, but building permits have dropped by 4% month over month in January versus an expected 1.5% increase. And that comes on the heels of a 7.3% drop in December. So we're looking at the lowest month since April 2020, which was the pandemic shutdown, and the second weakest since the data set began in 2021. Or sorry, 2011. Um, so, in other words, as as I we've we've kind of discussed here on the pod before, residential construction, those jobs are they're going to get hurt, and we're likely setting the stage for an even worse housing supply further down the road. Um, and again, you know, I think we've restricted foreign buyers, especially in the new construction space. And that money really helps to bring on more and more supply for the marketplace that exists locally as well. So by banning that, that puts more pressures on developers um, and they can't reach their pre-sale numbers and that'll further restrict supply. And that's why you're seeing more and more developers backing out of their projects too. So it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> Some things are <laughs> turning upwards, but uh, the consumer confidence chart is one that's tracked every month. And let's be honest here, we are coming off of a very low baseline. The consumer confidence of late was just basically above where it was at the depths of the pandemic when we didn't know that we weren't going to lose half the population here. So with that said, with that sort of baseline that we know is low, the February data is in and it actually saw the largest monthly increase since about the mid of 2021. So this is a sign that consumers might be getting a little bit more optimistic with the overall state of the economy. They can only stay down for so long. Interestingly, this is largely driven by the real estate outlook, where that index just posted the largest two-week increase since coming out of the COVID lockdowns. Do you remember what happened when we came out of the COVID lockdowns with real estate? Well, confidence within that sector is spiking. Now, we will not see what we saw in 2020 and 2021 as far as real estate prices goes, but very interesting to see people shift and suddenly feel optimistic about real estate again at a time when rates are being held, inventory is still tight, prices are ticking up, and people are feeling more confident overall. I'm, I'm feeling a trend here. I'm feeling a perfect storm of what could potentially be coming next. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, Dan. Um, we're seeing that a lot on the ground too. We're feeling that having those discussions, it's, it's visceral. Um, <clears throat> with that said, let's maybe take a look at Toronto as well. Uh, Toronto saw an eight and a half month over month increase in sales in February. Uh, it's still very low and down 47% year over year, but a strong, very strong month regardless and the highest one in six months. 
Um, what's really important to note about this though, is that 40% of sales last month were over the asking price. And that's largely due to lack of inventory. Uh, new listings have dropped 41% year over year. It's the lowest of any February dating back to the 90s. And like Vancouver, Toronto basically saw flat levels of inventory through the first two months of this year. So it's very unusual that we haven't seen sort of that build up to the spring market. Uh, and as such, you know, the HPI price, it rose by 1.1% month over month. Um, now, Keep in mind, that's down 18% year over year, but still fairly significant um, change in the trends we've seen over the last year for sure. Yeah, so let's take a quick look here at the local market. So we, we check these numbers daily and we get to share them with you weekly because the market moves that fast. And it's an especially important, I think, with this announcement because... We just saw, as mentioned off the top, that the HPI ticked upwards for the first time in nine months. So was that an outlier? Was February just a, a, a unique month and things are going back down now? Well, not if the first nine days of data have anything to do with that. Because here in March, we're seeing the median price has already spiked another $22,000. And it's up 82000 in just the nine weeks alone, last nine weeks. Um, average price up $66,000 in the first uh, nine days here, up about 130,000 in the last five weeks. We track the percent of deals that sell over the list price in December and January. That number was 11%. And then here in February, we saw that jump to 20%. And so if Toronto's 40% of homes selling over ask is an indicator, we are trending behind that, but we almost doubled from the month before. While in an environment where inventory is still flat, people are still not listing. We barely ticked up a couple hundred listings in the first nine days of March here. And of course, people will be delisting at the end of the month. So we'll see where we're at. But if we go three months in a row of essentially flat inventory, it's something that has only ever happened once before in history. And that was, of course, 2021 when sales were absolutely ballistic and record breaking. So we are also trending towards a second month in a row of it being technically a seller's market based on the metric of sales to active listings, which again, we just jumped into a seller's market by that metric last month for the first time. And I believe it was nine months two back to back, definitely heading towards a trend. So things are tightening up people. The buyers are coming off the sidelines, but the sellers haven't yet though. Again, I think we're going to see an increase on both sides based on all of this data and of course people getting a bit excited about the March 8th announcement of the rate hold. And, and to be honest, there is pent up demand. You can't take nine months of buyers out of the market and not have them want to come back at some point. And we're getting those early indicators now. And not to mention the nine that piled on in that time frame too, right? So you've likely got twice the amount of buyers that you would typically have, and you've got sellers probably twice the amount of sellers that likely would have come to market decide to held back because they weren't going to get the prices they want. So, you know, if inflation continues its downward trajectory and if interest rates hold and become at least somewhat um, predictable to some degree or, or stable and anyhow, I think, yeah, I think you're going to start to see a lot more uh, comfort come back and, and consumer confidence really come back to our marketplace. 
Yeah, I agree. So we were recording this on, uh, what is it, Thursday, March the 9th. I think I was just out for a drive. It just hit 15 degrees, hey. which was uh, an all-time high for the year. And hey, if uh, if a groundhog seeing his shadow uh, is a determination if there's going to be two more weeks of winter, whatever that saying is, I figured out as of today what indicates a spring market coming to Vancouver. I saw a convertible with the roof down. First one of the year. <laughs> so there's our indicator that there's going to be a spring market. Anyway, superstitions aside, that's the data. That's the info. That's what we're feeling. It does absolutely, you do get a sense that uh, things are going to be heating up quite quickly, figuratively and literally. And uh, we're here to help everybody along the way. So any questions, please feel free to reach out to us at, the, uh, at our contact information below. And as always, have an awesome day. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.